Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Legal Brief. I'm Misty Maris, and as always, I'm joined by my executive producer, Lauren Mincer-Clark. Hi, guys. So Lauren and I have been pretty riveted because we have been watching the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, and we want to break it all down. I actually did a special on this case where we talked about everything that we expected to happen in the courtroom, and I knew it was going to be explosive, but I'm not sure that I predicted how (sighs) crazy it was going to be just in the first week. I mean, we're just, it's just opening statements at a couple of witnesses so far, but this week has been really, really explosive. A lot going on. Lauren, tell us about it. Yeah, it has been an intense week. And I don't know that I have seen a trial playing out on camera, no less, in a while. It's just, I mean, there are salacious, intimate details of this relationship that are being put out on display for all of us to not only hear, but actually see. Um, and so, uh, everyone, jury is out for the weekend. Uh, every, it's resuming on Monday. And so we were kind of wanted to take a look at what a crazy week that it has been. Misty, First, let's kind of explain what this trial is actually over, because while we're hearing all of these accusations about abuse going both ways and all of these other things that are going on, this is actually over defamation. Johnny Depp is suing over a 2018 op-ed for the Washington Post written by Amber Heard, where she claimed she was a victim of domestic violence. Uh, she has actually in turn filed a countersuit saying that Johnny Depp was abusive on at least 10 different occasions. So this is just monstrous. Misty, kind of explain just where we start there. Definitely, because there's so many moving parts in this case. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to understand what's actually happening in that courtroom from the legal perspective. So this is a case of defamation. It's defamation asserted by Johnny Depp against Amber Heard. So Johnny Depp is the plaintiff in this case, and Amber Heard is the defendant in this case. And just so everybody understands, this isn't a criminal case. Mm -hmm. This is a civil case. We don't always see a lot of cameras in civil cases in the Mm -hmm. courtroom. So that's why this is very interesting to watch this play out. And the fact that we're actually seeing it all go down and we're watching minute to minute in the courtroom is really something that's unusual in these types of civil cases. So what does this mean? And what is a defamation case? So Johnny Depp is saying that Amber Heard in this op-ed told false information So first, the information has to be false Mm -hmm. and that that information about him, it was about him and it was defamatory. And because of what she said in this op-ed, and again, this all goes back to that 2018 op-ed, because of what she said, he has suffered damages to the tune of, I believe it's $50 million, Mm -hmm. if I'm not wrong. So he's asserting $50 million. And he's saying that because of what Amber Heard said in this article, he's basically a pariah in Hollywood. He can't get work. He's losing money. He's losing roles. And that it's all due to the fact that she defamed him in this article. Now, on the flip side, Amber Heard, as the defendant in this case, and again, Johnny Mm -hmm. Depp is suing her for defamation. She says, number one, everything in that op-ed was true. Mm -hmm. Number two, I didn't even name him in the op-ed, which is a very interesting part of the case. Yes. Not referenced by name. Mm -hmm. Number three, 
the op-ed wasn't about my tumultuous relationship. It was about, and the details of that. It was not about the details of their marriage or what happened during their marriage. It was about her experience as a survivor of domestic abuse. So it's slightly different, right? Mm -hmm. It's less, it's not about Johnny. It's about my experience as a domestic abuse survivor. And lastly, that he didn't suffer any damages associated with this article because a lot of this stuff was already out there in the context of their divorce and restraining orders and all of this stuff that was playing out in the media. Also, there was a trial in the UK. We'll touch on that Mm -hmm. a little bit later where a lot of these same allegations were raised and became public. So there are several different defenses that Amber Heard is going to raise. And the biggest defense, it's all true. Mm -hmm. Uh, so just to take a bit of a step back, Lawrence, so we can look at it through that legal perspective, the defense to any defamation case is substantial truth. That's the standard. That's called substantial Mm. truth. It means it's mostly true. It's exactly what it sounds like. Makes sense. And so if you can prove that the, that what was said, uh, that is alleged to be defamatory is true, well, then there is not a case. Uh, if that, if, if you can, if the plaintiff, the burden is on the plaintiff to prove that the information was not true, right? Whatever was said was Mm -hmm. not true and was defamatory. So it's false and defamatory information. Well, then the next step is, can you prove that it was this, this instance of defamation that actually caused damage? Because that's really going to be the key. These are actually really nuanced legal arguments. And you wouldn't know it from what's playing out in the courtroom because there's a lot of stuff coming out, a lot of testimony, a lot of salacious and scandalous testimony. But we have to look at it in the context of what does it mean for the legal case? And for the legal case, there's a cause of action. There's elements to the cause of action. Johnny Depp has to prove those elements. And Amber Heard will be defending them in the context of the civil case. So really, a lot of this case comes down to whether or not it's true. And I, that's why we're hearing from so many witnesses that were a part of the couple's life mm-hmm. during their marriage, friends, people that work for them, doctors, all of this. That's why we're hearing from so many people that were a part of the couple's life because a big part of this case is whether or not what Amber Heard said in this article was true or false. Absolutely. And obviously in, you know, the opening remarks of it, you know, we heard, you know, from her attorney that there is evidence that she suffered domestic violence by him and that it was in many forms, physical, emotional, uh, psychological, sexual violence. Um, and that also that, you know, also talking a lot about his drug and drink, his drug usage and drinking and how that escalated things as well. Depp obviously has come out and they said that none of this is true just like you had said so talk to me about you know what the tone was that kind of set in the opening remarks i actually thought the opening statements were quite good um on both sides so look Mm -hmm. i think johnny depp's attorneys have a tough job right now and Mm -hmm. that's because he's 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 suing amber heard and a lot of it's going to come down to credibility and impugning her credibility whenever you have a domestic abuse survivor Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to toe that line between raising facts that would be good for your case. Um, and I'm talking surely mm-hmm. from a legal perspective and towing that line of victim blaming. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yes. that is really a difficult thing to do, especially when you have somebody 
who is saying that they were emotionally, physically, verbally, psychologically abused. And you also have Johnny Depp, this mega, 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 mega superstar, right? right. And you have right. Amber Heard, who's a celebrity. Yes. Absolutely a celebrity. Um, but you, she's come out and she said, this is what happens when women step forward. And a lot of people, this is a jury trial, keep mm-hmm. in mind. So you're speaking to the box and a jury. A lot of people identify with that. Yeah, you know what? It is really difficult for people who survive these abusive relationships to come forward. And one of the reasons that it's difficult to come forward is because the mud is slung right back yes. at the abuse survivor. And yep. so in order to temper that, but also getting the information out that needs to come out in order to prove your case. Because again, a lot of people were surprised, myself included, that Johnny Depp was going to double down and really sue her. Right. And he's actually going to bring a yeah. against her. I mean, I found that to be surprising because there had already been so much that had come out in the media. Is he really going to pursue this? Is he really going to take the stand? Is he really going to testify? Is he really going to air all this dirty laundry? Absolutely. Well, the answer appears to be yes. Mm -hmm. The answer appears to be a resounding yes. And so in order to do so, what his, his strategy is number one, he has to show that uh, what she said was false. So that's going to be the first part. So he has to call all these witnesses and open with the opening statement, which said that, you know, this is fictitious. And, and then on the flip side, she's actually the abuser. So this mm-hmm. is all playing into that narrative <clears throat> of these are false statements that are made that are, are, are negative to my character. And she's actually abusive. And that's the legal strategy that they're employing. I thought the opening statement was pretty good. But mm-hmm. again, it can be very alienating to really go after a woman who is a domestic abuse survivor. And mm-hmm. and now they're saying she's the abusive one. So a lot of people, that doesn't sit right with a lot of jurors. And yeah. it, it can be seen as victim blaming. Now, the defense strategy, which, again, I really, I, I relate to in this case, because I think they did a really good job of saying the, the most key piece that a jury needs to hear. You're not here to arbitrate whether or not these two had a crummy marriage that, mm-hmm. that was that was filled with all sorts of crazy, uh, you know, allegations going back and forth on either side. You know, that's you're going to hear a lot of witness testimony about all of these incidents between the two of them. You're not here to talk. You're not here to consider that. That's that's not what you're here to adjudicate. You're here to see if the elements of a defamation case are fulfilled by the plaintiff who holds the burden. And then the attorneys went through and uh, identified all of all of that evidence that they, they think is going to be relevant to that point of the case. First, that it is true, right? She is a victim mm-hmm. of domestic abuse. Second, that uh, again, the points that we raised, you know, all of the all of the issues that relate to the op ed and wait, was this op ed really what damaged your reputation or was mm. it your own actions? Was it uh-huh. was it other was it other things that damaged your reputation? Was it other information that was in the public sphere? Is it really just this? And then the last part, did you really suffer damage? Because that's the other piece. Is he losing roles because of this? Is he losing roles because of other things? Mm-hmm. Um, and then another thing, Lauren, this is huge. And this is why the drug, alcohol, drinking, uh, intoxication element is so critical yeah. to her case mm-hmm. and to his case to a certain extent. Yep. But the argument is that even if he denies some of this, it's because he doesn't remember. Because mm. he has spent so much time being intoxicated. 
that he was abusive to Amber Heard in ways that he might not even recall because of his level of intoxication. And that Uh he, on the flip side, is saying, well, actually, she's the one who was intoxicated during some of these interactions. So is it really true what she's remembering? So the credibility component when it comes to intoxication is also at play in this case. So a lot going on here. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, witnesses galore, 120 on the witness list. We have just scratched the surface. That's I mean, that this is expected to go for, I think, another five weeks. So we have we have just scratched the surface. But let's talk about some of the witnesses, because they come out the gates. And Johnny Depp's sister actually took the stand um, and actually talked about their abusive childhood and how their mother specifically was very abusive to Johnny. So talk to me about the importance of a testimony like that. Yeah, so it's interesting because we're used to covering criminal cases. Mm-hmm. I, I do both. I'm a civil right? lawyer and a criminal lawyer. And the rules of the game are a little bit different in civil court than they are in criminal court. A lot of testimony that comes in in a civil case would never see the light of day in a criminal right. case. It just would never, ever, ever be relevant or see the light of day because it would tend to maybe be too prejudicial. Prejudicial. To That's what I was right. thinking. So yep. There's, all, there's a whole analysis that goes into evidence and why it comes into a courtroom. In a civil case, the door is open a little bit further because credibility is a huge component mm-hmm. of this. And so now the def- uh, the the, pros- uh, the plaintiff here, so Johnny Depp is the plaintiff, they're putting on their case and they're taking his sister and they're taking this testimony and they're showing that Johnny Depp had suffered abuse. So mm-hmm. not only does he know what abuse is, but remember a huge component of their case is going to be that Amber Heard was actually abusive to yes. him. Yes. And so I think what right. the, the ultimate strategy is going to be is to loop this back to maybe there were reactions to her abuse or overreactions mm-hmm. to her abuse, but it's all mm-hmm. going to be in that vein of saying her allegations and statements made in this article as being a domestic abuse survivor right. are simply not true. That's right. his case. I'm not saying I'm buying it yet. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that I I honestly don't have an opinion yet about how this is going to factor yeah. into the actual proving of a defamation case. But um, I think that that's the make, strategy. Also, makes sense. the sympathy factor, all yes. of that a bit more relevant in a civil case than you would than it would be in a criminal case where you might hear from his sister about his abusive childhood perhaps in a in in the sentencing portion of a trial mm, where you're not mitigating right. factors and maybe c- trying to justify some conduct or whatnot. But in a civil case, the, the floodgates are open. And so you're going to hear yeah. about this stuff a little bit earlier on, and it's going to tend to be a part of the case as far as these allegations of abuse moving forward. So, and one one thing that I wanted to talk to you about is, so they had a therapist who the uh, Amber and Johnny saw as a couple. Um, I believe it was a doctor, it was a Laurel Anderson. And what was interesting here is she actually points the finger at both of them mutually being abusive to each other. And so what I found, I mean, she talks about instance on kind of both ends and gives very detailed instance on both ends um, and her escalating and him, you know, and, uh, but her also seeing bruises on her at points. So, but my question to you is why have someone up there who's actually kind of pointing out both sides faults like that. I feel like it almost hurt both of them. Yeah. So I think that for, I think it was actually much better for Amber Heard because keep in mind again, you're right. If we were talking about a, a case where, where we're really trying to get into the domestic abuse or yeah. the divorce case, 
that would be really relevant to both sides. But in this particular case, remember the goal. The goal is mm-hmm. for Amber Heard to show that what she's saying is true. And so this testimony is going to be really helpful. Now, there's a cup for her. Um, and to Johnny Depp's point, this is all part of his narrative that there's this that that Amber Heard is abusive, uh, that you know, the allegations against him are fictitious or that maybe there were there were reactions and overreactions to her conduct. So my guess mm-hmm. is from a plaintiff's attorney perspective, what do you do? Do you wait for Laurel Anderson to be called during the defense case mm. or do you get ahead of it? And and get that testimony out there. And it might not be the best for your case, but at least you have the opportunity to not always be on the defensive with that particular witness. And you have the opportunity to get on the record the abusive conduct of Amber Heard as well in order to show that, look, when she calls herself a domestic abuse survivor, because remember, it all goes back to the language of this article. Yes, 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 yes. It all goes back to the language of this article. Well, she's an abuser herself. But quite Mm -hmm. frankly, I thought that that testimony was very helpful for Andrew Heard's defense because Mm -hmm. what the defense is going to do this entire case, just keep watching. Here's my crystal ball prediction. (laughs) The defense is always going to bring you back to the law. Uh-huh. Always going to uh-huh. bring, bring you back to the fact that this is a defamation case. This is mm-hmm. not a case of who, you know, a yep. case of let's figure out who's wrong in the marriage. That's not what it's about. It's about defamation and whether or not what Amber Heard said in this article is in fact true, defamatory, and whether it caused damages. Those are the elements. That's what it is. Is it actual malice? Like there's all these elements that really matter and the defense is going to keep going back to that and the, and the, plaintiff here, Johnny Depp, they're mm-hmm. going to keep muddying the waters by bringing out all of this information that's negative about Amber Heard. The other piece is to the extent that there's testimony that she's manipulative, all of this stuff, which is mm-hmm. part of Laurel Anderson's testimony, that she would manipulate situations and all of that. Yep. Credibility is key. Credibility <laughs> is key. It matters a lot in civil cases. So yep. it matters in criminal cases. It matters in, in civil cases also. So um, I would say that there's also going to be an element of tying that back into Amber Heard's credibility at the end of the day. Well, and it's interesting because the next witness that I wanted to talk to you about, one of the witnesses actually um, who was called for Johnny Depp's side was dismissed after admitting that she had actually seen some of the trial online. And this was after she had given some testimony that was favorable to him. Uh, including that Amber offered her drugs, allegedly, on uh, Amber and Johnny's wedding night. Um, And so we saw that the uh, Amber's team jumped up and said, you know, hold on. Uh, They talked to the judge. They were pulled aside. And then they asked the question, have you seen any of this trial online? And she says, yes. And so they are dismissed. And so they're supposed to strike this, right, Missy? So can you kind of explain what happens here? 100%. All of that testimony is going to be strike right through it. Jury cannot consider it. So there's a rule in, uh, there's a rule in criminal and civil cases. In civil cases, it's a sequestration rule. Mm -hmm. And it means that other witnesses cannot be in the courtroom while the other witnesses are testifying. So Mm -hmm. only the named parties, the defendants, a represent corporate representative, if you're talking about an entity, uh, only the parties really can be in the room for all of the witnesses. Sometimes an expert can be in the room, but one witness cannot hear the testimony of another witness. And you ask for that at the very beginning of the trial. 
Both right. parties usually want that. Both parties make a motion and Makes say, sense. we want all the witnesses sequestered because the risk is that one witness may tailor their testimony to something else that they heard in court. Mm-hmm. It keeps the witnesses from listening in and and really making their testimony uh, tweak, tweaks in their testimony based on what other witnesses have said. Remember, witnesses are supposed to testify from their memory. Right. You don't see them up there. They don't get to have papers and notes in front of right. them. Right. The only time that notes are put in front of them is when an attorney asks to refresh their recollection and bring something into the courtroom. They're not permitted to go up there and have testimony that's tailored to what other people have said or what documents say. It's from their own memory. And that's the whole point of the witness testimony. Right. So it's something that lawyers always, and it depends on what state you're in, whether or not it's an automatic mechanism, the court automatically has a sequestration order, or both parties have to ask for it. For anybody that's a new lawyer out there who might be listening, it's it can be tricky. It's something you always want to ask for at the onset of a trial. You can really get burned if you don't do it. So, yes. Sounds- it, it can be hard to go back. You want that order in place from the beginning. Um, and you know, sometimes other attorneys will say, well, why don't we have all the witnesses in the courtroom at the same time? And, you know, all the witnesses will hear everybody's testimony. You don't want that. Just right. practice or no. Um, but, but the other thing is it also keeps a witness from really previewing what, what it's like on cross-examination. Uh, yeah. like, what types of questions did they ask them? So uh, that's why a sequestration order cannot be violated. Now, here's my question. And when I was watching the trial... I saw the lawyers um, go, you know, they were all, the defense team was all scrambled around a phone. Right. And that's when they stopped the testimony and they called for a sidebar and they spoke to the judge. I'm wondering how they knew that she had watched right. the trial. Did she post something? I mean, I haven't been able to find that. Yeah, I um, haven't maybe seen. Our, maybe our listeners, there are some internet. Yes, some sleuths. Yes. <laughs> well, I'll definitely <laughs> keep diving through the weekend. But yes, if anyone out there, because I, I, that's exactly what, because I was interested why that came up. I mean, she has gone through so much of the story ha- at that point and all like why it was poof that came. So that's ah, so interesting. But also yeah. this trial is Online. I mean, everybody can watch this. So this right. is a, a hard thing that you also think that would have been addressed, I don't know, earlier? No, it's a tough thing. But listen, it's it's the witnesses have likely been instructed not to watch it. Right. Uh, and they've been instructed that they cannot be in the courtroom. And the witnesses should have been instructed on the sequestration order. That's what happens in these cases. Um, so whether or not she didn't know the, the you know, the, the plaintiff called her as a witness, whether or not they didn't tell her whether it's she admitted to it without saying. Right. Oops. You know, she was like, yeah, I've watched parts of it online. So maybe she wasn't told, but it is a huge risk. And now all of that testimony is gone. So keep in mind, let me just take a try more practitioners tips for those, for those who can. <laughs> but, um, yes. In a civil case, you're, you're prepping your witnesses, you're calling witnesses. And there's an old adage, you never call a witness who's going to say something you don't know about, mm-hmm. right? You want to know. Fair what your witness is going to say. And in civil cases, there's been deposition testimony. So most of these people have been deposed. Mm-hmm. And so there's a transcript of everything that they're, of, of all the questions that are likely to come up during the trial. Not that you can't go outside that box. You can in, under certain circumstances, but you really know what your witness is going to say. And you go, and before the trial, you prep those witnesses. And I like to do it as a real life 
um, pretend it's real life. This is what it's going to be like. And then I do the flip side. And then I'm, you know. I yeah, absolutely. They, you have to be so prepared. Uh-huh. Yeah, sometimes you even videotape your witnesses. as and, and so you, you have to get comfortable. It's, it, when there's yeah, a camera that goes like, up and when someone's scared. pressuring you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so you, you go back and, and you really prep them and you talk to them about their testimony in advance. So that's why I was surprised. It was, she was on the stand for a long time before the defense team brought that up. And, um, I think the testimony was probably pretty good for Mm -hmm. camp depth, but it's all struck. So I guarantee you those plaintiff's attorneys are going to all of their witnesses and ensuring that they know the rules of the game. So that doesn't happen. Right. Right. Well, I guess if it, that mistake's going to happen, it may in the first week. Hopefully, you know they can nip that in the butt before they move on to the following weeks, because there's a lot more to come from this. Um, and actually, that's what I wanted to ask you: is you know these were like the big explosive ones that I think that we saw. There was a little, you know, there's evidence that has come out, you know, text and you know lots of aggressive allegations. But you know, it really, like you said, it seems to just come back down to this defamation. So what else? We haven't seen Johnny Depp testify yet. So what else are we going to be seeing? Yeah, we'll see Johnny Depp testify. That's going to be the most critical testimony. Mm. We'll see Amber Heard testify. Those are the two big witnesses. Those are big days in the courtroom, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we expect to see a lot of people that are associated with their lives, a lot lot more of what we've seen so far. Um, And it's going to be people that have contemporaneous knowledge of some of the accusations which have been made. We're also going to see on the defense side, I mean, there's some big names on there's james franco elon musk who i thought was probably a bit busy oh. buying twitter but um, <laughs> i think he has some big things going on right now yep mm-hmm. my friend and i were when we were covering this case off offline we were laughing because we were saying oh gosh how is he going to appear it's definitely going to be via skype or zoom but is he going to come in in some sort of new technology that we don't even know about yet uh, i don't know right <laughs> the technology in the courtroom is a bit antiquated maybe he's got something new anyway uh, big names. It doesn't mean that every witness gets called, though. That's something that, that mm. needs to be said, because a lot of big names on that's that list, true. 120 witnesses, everybody's saying, oh, my gosh, it's going to be, you know, all, all this time, all these witnesses, all these big names. But it's not necessarily the case, because a lot of times uh, it's fluid. You have to mm. identify every witness that you may want to testify because you can't surprise the other side. Right. Um, and so you want to make sure that you identify them, any and all witnesses that might be relevant to the case, but it doesn't always mean they all always testify. Sometimes you put witnesses on the witness list that are, you, you, you might, you might only need if certain things come up. If ah, up, yes. You know? so, okay. There's a, there's a lot of different factors there. Just but in I case. Think that we're going to see a lot more of this mudslinging back and forth. But with Amber Heard's case, I would say there's going to be a lot of focus on the actual elements of the case as opposed to um, this, what's going on in their marriage and all of this back and forth. I would also imagine that you may hear from experts with respect to um, – battered woman syndrome i mean Mm. that could become relevant you usually see that in these types of cases domestic abuse survivors um you know sometimes the a plaintiff in a case like this johnny depp in this case who's trying to say that amber heard has fabricated everything you might have uh we might have expert witnesses who testify as about about memories and Mm. you know yeah in 2018 some of this stuff happened 
a long time before. So whether or not it's actually true, because remember, the crux of this case is substantial truth. Remember that term. Mm -hmm. That's the most important term during this case. And so both sides are going to be angling towards that and really uh, getting testimony on the record geared towards ultimately either proving that or refuting it if on the defense side. And let me ask you this. How does the case that we actually saw from Depp against the son that seems very similar and that he actually lost that case, can you explain how just the differences, I guess, between them? Yeah, and will it be a factor at all? This okay. is a big question because yeah. a lot of what we're going to hear, there's going to be a lot of overlap. I was going to say, I feel like we've heard a lot of this, these things, you know, in in a way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We heard a lot of the allegations. We heard a lot of the, tum- the, the elements of the tumultuous marriage. We heard yeah. a lot of that in the course of the case. So I'll, I'll start with the most obvious. The most obvious is that one was in the United Kingdom and this is in the United States. So it's two completely different legal systems. Mm-hmm. So obviously that's a big difference, but a more uh, specific difference that, that really matters in this case is that in the United Kingdom, it was Johnny Depp versus a publication. Right. So it was Johnny Depp versus a publication. It was The publication isn't a firsthand account. A publication is whether or not what they printed rises to the level of libel, right? It's, it's uh, what yep. they're in the uh-huh. public sphere and did they print it and did they put him in such a light that it, it – it became a libelous case and in that sense defamatory. Uh, he was not successful in that case. But a case against a publication is much different than a case against an individual. An individual. And that's what we have ah. here. We have a case against an individual. The individual is the one who allegedly experienced said abuse that is at the crux of this case. Right. right? So you're, you don't see in this case, it's not um, Johnny Depp versus the New York Post or Johnny Depp versus the New York Times or any of the publications who printed Amber Heard's story. Right. Okay. Right? So uh-huh. The yep, publication of that printed Amber right. Heard's story is not a defendant in this case. It's Amber Heard because it's an op-ed. Because it it's was her. It's an opinion piece. Mm-hmm. It's her publication. It's her account of what happened. So that's another big difference. Another huge difference here, Johnny Depp's case in the UK was decided by a judge. This case is decided by a jury. jury. Uh-huh. Completely different dynamic. You know, judges tend to be more on the line of the law Mm -hmm. in general. You know, they're very focused on that. Jurors can be swayed by many different things. As we've spoken about, jurors can be unpredictable. It's why a lot of cases... Emotions, yes. They're human, yes, of course. So jurors, the jury in this case will be responsible for two things. Not only will they be responsible for determining whether or not that's liability, meaning whether or not there was defamation, they'll also be responsible for damages and assessing those damages. So there's two parts to this trial. Um, and the first is whether or not there's liability. The second is whether or not there's damages. You could win on liability, but only be awarded a dollar on damages. Mm-hmm. Or on the flip side, you can lose liability. Damages doesn't happen. If, if you lose liability, right. there are no damages. Or you could win liability and be awarded something off the charts. Gosh knows, sky's the limit. Uh, and then there's legal mechanisms to say, okay, that's not that's not a verdict value that that works in this jurisdiction so there's a lot of different outcomes and that's that's yep. the two parts of the case and the jury's going to decide all of that so you know a lot of what's coming out and what i was saying to you lauren uh early on in this case is from the perspective of johnny depp bringing this case against amber heard 
you know, he's going after her character. Yeah. He has to. But where does it become too much? Right. And where does it go too far when faced with allegations of domestic abuse? And that, I think, is a very difficult place for him with respect to his case, because are you going to alienate those jurors who are going to say, you know what? This Whoa. is the reason why women yeah. don't come See, forward. This yeah. is the reason women or men, abuse survivors, don't yeah. come forward. So. Uh, well, it's going to be interesting to watch it play out. Well, yeah. And let me ask you, can we ask, why the heck in Virginia? Why, why is this out of Virginia? Well, this is actually a great question. And, and a lot of people were asking about yes. this because it doesn't mm-hmm. seem to make sense. So this was a huge fight pre-trial between right. the two parties. And uh, Johnny Depp was actually victorious. He was the winner. And he's in a much better jurisdiction for his case. So... Amber Heard's defense team wanted this case in California. Why? They're both residents of California. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff that, that is the subject of, of this that case allegedly happened, happened. in yeah. California. Yeah. Right. So uh, they wanted it in California, and, and there's a very, very strategic reason for that. They wanted it in California because there's what's called anti-slap laws in California. Oh. And it's anti-slap laws allow judges to make determinations about defamation cases, libel cases specifically, and the judge will look at whether or not bringing the case will actually impugn someone's First Amendment right. We heard the defense team go on about the First Amendment in their opening statement. Right. There's a reason for that. This is an op-ed. This is from Amber Heard's perspective. Is it opinion? Opinion isn't something that is is the source of defamation. Okay, so it, that's mm-hmm. opinion is not defam cannot be defamatory. That's another legal argument. So in California, there's the potential that this case is dead on arrival. A judge can assess it at the beginning of the case. Uh, uh-huh. Now there's anti-slap laws in Virginia, but there's no mechanism to trigger them at the beginning of a case. So that doesn't happen until later into the deliberations when a judge can ultimately make that decision, but not until the end, Lauren. Ah, so, after all this has yeah. all been left out there before. Uh-huh. Okay. Totally. So California, this case wouldn't have even begun for a very long time now because there would be a lot of pre-trial uh, litigation and practice and, and all of this would have been hashed out for the judge to decide whether or not Johnny Depp can even go forward. Virginia, the case goes forward and then we decide uh-huh. these issues later. So it's a much better jurisdiction uh, for him. And so they argued that the publication, which uh, published the op-ed back in 2018 had main offices there. And because they have offices there that they're subject to that, that she's subject to jurisdiction where they're all uh, are, and they were ultimately victorious in that. Yes. And so it's a better jurisdiction for him. There's also some burden shifting that's going to be a little bit more beneficial. You know, defamation cases are notoriously difficult for public figures. And we've talked about this before. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You have to show actual malice, meaning that not only did you say something that was false and defamatory, you also said something for the sole purpose, purpose. Of, purpose of hurting them. Yeah. Of, 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 of doing, of, of negatively impacting them. Um, that's a tough hurdle in a case where domestic violence is the issue because there's lots of different reasons why you might publish a story about domestic violence that have nothing to do with him specifically. Right. Critical part of her case, Lauren. 
critical part of her case. I didn't even say his name. Right. I talked about my own experience as a victim of domestic violence. So how could this possibly be defamatory? Someone tap me in. I'll do the closing argument. That's but, where I would go if I were Amber Heard's attorneys. No, absolutely. Well, and the thing, though, I, what I and I heard, you know, I was reading when we were talking about this is that. It seems as though that his team is trying to argue that you could put two and two together with the things that she was dropping throughout. But you are right. You would you would come back and say, but at the end of the day, never actually said his name. So right. that's actually very interesting. Right. His team is saying, well, no kidding. It's about him. And of course. Like, you know, you can put it dots that. together. Yeah. Yes. But. So, so that's it. Uh, and that's, look, that's not going to be the. Mm -hmm. issue that decides the case on either end it's really not it's just another issue of fact for the jury to grapple with and that's what the jury does the jury is what's called a finder of fact both sides present their case and the jury decides what they believe to be the truth what they decide to be the facts and then they apply those facts to the law and that's why credibility is so uh integral in these cases and that's why you're going to have so many witnesses who are going to talk about what they saw at the time because or what what each individual might have shared or or what they have seen at the time because that's when it really matters um and then the defense has a lot of really good arguments in my view i think very very good arguments Mm -hmm. um with respect to whether or not an opinion piece is actually going to be um, legally uh, sufficient to serve as the basis for defamation. So that's also going to be a big piece of it. And that's where we go into the arguments, like you just said, Lauren, um, about whether or not his name being excluded from the article really matters, whether or not the fact that it comes from her perspective as a domestic abuse victim matters. And I think that from from my perspective, looking at it from a sheer legal point of view, I would say a huge component of this is, was this printed for the purpose of that actual malice standard? Was this printed mm-hmm. because she wants to, to get him? Hurt John or was Depp. this printed yeah. because she wants to help other women who might have also suffered domestic abuse who do not have a platform as a celebrity? And right. I'm not really skewed either way. I just, as far as whether or not um, this, you know, Johnny Depp's going to be successful. Right. I think his case is tough. Yeah, because defamation cases are always tough. That's but and that's why I'm actually (laughs) I I was fascinated that this actually has even it's almost like, you know, he's he's doubled down from the last the lawsuit and to go forward knowing that it would open up all of this and that all of this dirty laundry that hadn't is going to come out. I'm just surprised because obviously he had been warned as lawyers told him what was going to happen. I'm just surprised because we're going to hear so much more and we've already heard some crazy stuff so far. Yeah. And then we have the counterclaim to deal with, right? Right. She's brought a counterclaim, which makes sense in this case because she's saying that he's uh, defaming her. And just a side note, because I think this is always a big question. Well, is the allegations that he's raising are those the subject of defamation you know he's saying all the stuff about her in court all none of that can come in none of that is part of the case because there's what's called Mm -hmm. qualified immunity the four corners of the complaint what comes out in court is protected and that's so uh proceedings can move forward without the fear of retribution of a defamation case people can tell the truth on the stand and all of that so what's happening in court is not going to be part of her counterclaim it's going to be public statements that he's made about her Mm. and one of those is just the mere fact that he's called her a liar right over the place 
Right. So um, all of that's going to matter. A lot of complicated uh, issues here. And with respect to that UK case, while the same principle applies, it's not that you can say, well, all the stuff that came out in the courtroom makes my case as Amber Heard. But what you can say is that, well, that UK case played out in a public forum. So was it really this article that was damaging to him uh-huh. from his perspective, or was it all the information all the that others. was coming out relating to that? Um, and you know, there's a lot of different. There's 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 what's called um, you know you can separate the damages out, right? So right. All right. So I think he was okay. I think he did. I think is you know we, yeah. we have we all have documents, right? Okay. So he was kicked off of Pirates of the Caribbean, right? So he didn't get that role when he or or was it Harry Potter? I don't remember. Uh, he's some he's Harry kicked Potter, out some. Yeah. But yes. Yes. He yes, doesn't yes. get a role that he's played in the past. Yes. How much money was that? Okay. I'm saying I didn't get that role because of this 2018 op-ed. Well, then her lawyers will say, well, actually. Well, or put 500 articles in front of you that, uh-huh. that speak about these issues that played out in the public or whatever it is. Right. And a jury will actually decide, OK, well, I think that 25 percent is attributable to this 25 percent. And so you, even if you win at the end of the day, you know, that number could be seriously undercut by other factors. Um, and so that's all interesting. Yeah. There's yeah, so many moving parts to this. And it's going I mean, and this is expected to go away. It's five weeks, right? Yeah, I think, that's, or so. It's a lot because it's a lot of people to go through and to talk to. So I, I mean, if this is just what we started with, I can't imagine kind of what's to come. I guess we know a little bit about what might be to come because of the case as we just talked about, but it just seems like there's just so much more here now. Yeah, a lot, uh, a lot to be looking at as the testimony continues to unfold. Yes. And- it's being covered. Uh, I think Court TV is doing it. Long Crime might be doing it. But, you know, you can watch the whole thing. It's streaming yep. online. Uh, so there's cameras in that courtroom if you're interested. But we will be breaking it down. And I think, Lauren, um, probably we should just touch on it week to week. If anything yep. explosive happens, we'll pull of it out course, a absolutely. little sooner. But, um, you know, especially those days where you have Johnny Depp and Amber Heard testifying. Those oh, are going to be all the over that. biggest yep. days. Yeah, those are going to be the days that all eyes will be on that trial. But in the meantime, we'll just keep you up to speed with what's going on and the status and what we think is going to happen. Absolutely. Well, Missy, thank you so much for breaking all of this down. This was a lot. Um, and so I really am grateful for you to kind of take it through all of this so that way we can kind of catch up so that way we can look forward to week two and all of the things to come. Yes, and thank you all for listening. More to come next week. Have a great weekend from The Legal Brief. Thanks, everyone.